Hey everybody, hello, hello, welcome, welcome, hello and welcome. Just waiting for this to go live. There it is, welcome. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. Good to have you here. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 p.m. for you folks that don't know where the mountains are. And um, we talk fish. So basically, I'll tell you how what's going on here at Dan's Fish, and then we'll get to your questions and comments. And I have a special guest that I'm going to uh, introduce you guys to in a little bit once we get to the giveaway and all that. Um, yeah, I'll talk about that here shortly. So let's start with our shipping report as per usual. Um, happy to say that since we last talked, no losses, everything's fine. Um, let me just, yeah, I believe that's correct. I think we're good. Um, Shipping this week has been crazy. A lot of Wyoming and uh, Colorado, the Denver area, uh, all, just a large part of my area here, I guess you could say, got hit with a huge blizzard, a massive snowstorm. In fact, in Denver, I think it was the fourth largest snowstorm on record. Um, if Priscilla MKR is in here, then I'm sure she can tell us some details. And it was just crazy. There was like four feet of snow piled up on the freeways and stuff. So nothing was moving. That happened uh, Saturday night through Monday morning. And then it meandered on. But it, it luckily didn't really hit us. I mean, it didn't affect me right here in Sheridan. I was just north of the event. But what that means is that cargo traveling down to Denver and stuff to get shipped out to the rest of the country wasn't going to be moving anywhere. There'd be delays and things. So because of that, we elected to not ship any fish out on Monday. Instead, we shipped them out today. What that means is we had to ship the entire week's worth of fish out today instead of dividing it up half Monday, half today. So I'm pretty tired. It's been a long day. We did get them all out. Um, and there, there was only one error in all the chaos that I made, which is there was one person whose shipment was supposed to go out on Monday. You know who you are. I've emailed you. Um, and well, there are lots of people and I, I contacted everyone and said, hey, there's this winter event we're going to send on Wednesday instead. Got that all taken care of. And then Tuesday, I got an email from one customer that was like, I don't see my tracking number. And I was like, oh, no. So I looked and I realized somehow I missed that customer. So if you're watching, I just want to publicly apologize to you and say, I'm sorry that happened. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if like your order sheet, I turned them over and it was stuck to the back and I just missed it. But somehow in the pile of orders, as I was going through notifying people that we were changing the shipping day, I did miss one. And I just feel bad. I know how inconvenient that can be. So, uh, but everything's arriving alive and in good shape. Today was crazy. We had four people here helping pack fish. My wife was processing shipping. We had a gentleman with a camera, so you guys will be able to see the chaos. We're going to be making a video about it. And um, we had Rich here helping pack. And I'll get to Rich in a second. Um, I'm curious to hear uh, what it was like on Rich's side. But he's here next to me. We'll get the camera over to him in a second. He can tell you <laughs> what it was like. But before we do that, let's get to the giveaway. I'm excited about today's giveaway. By the way, I didn't check audio. I, I'm usually really good about that. So let me just scroll up here and make sure 
I get an okay audio from Candy. Um, if I can find it. Yeah, yeah, hang on. There it is. There it is. Audio is good. Okay, thanks, Candy. So the giveaway I'm excited about, and the, the reason is, is um, Swamp Thing is providing the giveaway, and they're Celebes rainbows, and they're ones that Swamp Thing bred and raised himself. And Swamp Thing's a true rainbow geek. Like, he's one of the people that if I have a question about rainbows and can't figure it out, he'll often know the answer. I'll, I'll post questions about rainbows on Rainbow Fish Live frequently. If I need help with, hey, what's the location for this? Or, you know, just clarifying some things. A species name comes in spelled wrong. So I'm like, hey, this was sent to me as this. Any ideas which one it actually is? You know, stuff like that. And so um, in, in Swamp Thing often chimes in and knows the answer. So Celebes rainbows bred and raised by like a true rainbow fish aficionado, which is the best way to get rainbow fish as far as I'm concerned, short of maybe going overseas and collecting them yourself. But besides that, I think it's awesome. And we've got some pictures here that I want to show you. So these are the actual fish. This is one of the actual fish you'll get. They're juveniles. So they're going to be around an inch or so. And I believe the giveaway is for four of them. So I'm thinking if I'm screwing any of this up, please, please clarify and please add dance fish me on the clarification so I can make sure to mention it. But um, it's been a crazy week, but I think I've got it all right. Anyway, this is one of the actual fish for sale. So a little juvenile, right? About an inch, um, a little color coming in, but no big extensions or anything yet. But here's the parents. They're just beautiful. I love them when they extend their fins and display like that. Here's another shot of the parents. So this is the one I used uh, for my thumbnail. I cut it out and threw it on the... That's the fish you're seeing in the thumbnail. I don't know why I felt like I needed to repeat that. But in case you didn't know, that was the fish that we used in the thumbnail. <laughs> I'll say it again. I don't mind. Um, anyway, I just want to say thanks, Swamp Thing, for providing, you know, quality hobbyist bred and raised fish for us. That's pretty awesome. And, I mean, these are much better than most of the syllabies I can usually get. So I think this is a cool opportunity. Oh, giveaways for six. Even better. Swamp Thing says the giveaway is for six of the Celebes rainbows. Thanks for clarifying. I better change that in the description. I think I put four. Okay, thank you. Um, so if you'd like to enter to win these, hashtag Swamp Thing is what you enter in chat. Just put the hashtag symbol Swamp Thing. No spaces. All one word, if you will. Swamp Thing. And you'll get entered into the giveaway. I thought about putting like Celebes rainbows, but I was like, that's too long. I thought about putting Celebes, but I was like, no, people put an, an E on the end, stuff like that. So I think Swamp Thing gets us where we need to be. All right. So with that, I, I'm really lucky. I've had Rich here working with me this week, and he just went through his uh, baptism by fire, if you will, with shipping with me. So I want to get a... Uh, a hot take on what it's been like, man. What's your impression of the place? What was it like? I'm going to come down because your chair doesn't go up very high. So we're going to be on par here. That's your fault. I'll, I'll come back. You go ahead. Go up. Hi, YouTube. Um, it's been pretty sweet. Um, normally, my wife limits me to about an hour or two in a fish store to uh, keep within our budget. So 
getting to spend a, a couple of days in one basically has been pretty awesome. Uh, they've been busy days though. Uh, why do you guys order fish this week? And with the storm, I think you probably would have normally spread these out over a couple of days, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, we worked through it. Uh, we went about six thirty this morning till about five and we got them all shipped out. And yeah, so it's so a hard work, but when you're working with fish, it goes fast. So it's been nice. Cool. What's your favorite fish so far? I know you can't decide. It's yeah, it's impossible. Uh, Favorite, I got a soft spot for quarries, so probably one of them, but there's been a lot of stuff that I haven't seen before. A lot of the gobies and obviously all the rainbow fish you have are gorgeous. Um, so yeah, can't can't decide on one. But. Of the quarries, I saw you looking at the orange Venezuelanus and the Adolfoy. Yeah. I've got I got some orange Venezuelans from you before. Uh, they're probably my favorite um, in my personal collection, but uh, there's some other pretty ones you got. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, we're trying to hire. What would you... You know, I'm biased, so whenever I talk to people, I'm like, come work, it's the best. But um, what would you say to anyone who's thinking about working here after you've experienced the hours and the what it is? What what advice would you have for them? And be brutally honest. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Um, come ready to work, but if you enjoy fish, a lot of you have fish rooms and already know what kind of hours go into it. Uh, you get to do it with a guy who's extremely knowledgeable, um, fun to work with, and in a setting like Sheridan, Wyoming, which is gorgeous uh i'm from minnesota um so not quite as hilly we have we have the lakes and fish but not as as hilly and and gorgeous as it is here and i'm sure it's even better in the summer when everything's green so there are worse places to uh be in definitely worse things to be doing than working with fish so amen <laughs> cool anything else you want to tell them i know you're tired and no you want to i'm go exhausted i know these guys aren't here to see me in uh I don't want to be the excuse for when he doesn't make it to the bottom of chat again. So I'm going to get out of here and <laughs> go sit on the couch and watch cool, the rest man. of this thing. All Thanks right. for your help yeah. today, honestly. Yeah. That was Great. Appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Cherry's going back Thanks, up. Guys. Let's see here. I don't know if my chair is squeaky enough. Maybe I need to get more squeak on it. All right. Let me turn the volume back down. I, I adjusted it so Rich's voice would carry. He was further away than I was. Okay, cool. So, yeah, it's been awesome to have some help. Like, I'm used to doing this all by myself. Um, you know, Brenda helps out in a pinch, but... Yeah, it was great. We, we got so much done today. It was insane. Okay, I saw... Before we get to your questions and comments... I saw that Danny or Ken from Danakin Aquatics threw down a $20 super chat asking for a Golazo. So it's early enough in the stream that my voice isn't all, you know, worn out. And I think I'm going to do it. So you've been warned. Cover your ears. Remove your earbuds. We're doing a Golazo right now. It's going to get loud. Okay. Three, two. Yeah, you ready? All right. There you go, Danikin. Hope that was fun. Oh, now I do need a drink. Haven't done that in a while. All right, Candy, it's safe to put your earbuds in now. <clears throat> All right. Where can I sign up to come help for a week, says Chattanooga Ed. You just did. 
<laughs> just pop on over text me when you're gonna be here <laughs> no absolutely man it's great to have help i enjoy it and i enjoy hanging out with other fish hobbyists it's just not something i get to do a lot since i live you know in wyoming which isn't the most populous state in the nation in fact i think it's officially the least populated state in the nation so yeah <laughs> okay hope everyone's ears are okay that's all i've got um for those that might not be aware we did list the new import for sale last week so there's a lot of amazing stuff on there um i know a lot of things sell out fast but there's still some really cool fish available so check it out if you haven't at dancefish.com and with that let's get to your questions and comments so i'm going to scroll up and get to it okay so the first one i can see because oh so i'm just i'm seeing all the swamp thing entries so if you asked a question or comment before we announced how to enter the giveaway i can't see it youtube won't let me scroll up that far so please list it again and i'll get to it Okay, peeps lost sheep. I see that's the first one that I can see. Before I get to that, though, someone else threw money at me, I think. So there was Peplin Creek Aquatics throwing out five bucks. And uh, is there a comment I need to respond to? No, just five bucks. Didn't ask a question, didn't need, didn't need anything. Just throwing money at me. Thanks, Peplin Creek. I appreciate it. Cheers. <clears throat> peeps lost sheep. Are Celebes rainbows relatively safe with dwarf cherry shrimp? So I'm imagining you're talking about, uh, you know, little neocaridinas. Um, I think here's how I'll, I'll respond to that. I think that they would be as safe with cherry shrimp as, say, a, a, a comparably sized tetra. Are you going to lose babies? Yes. Could you lose a few shrimp during the molt? Yes. Um, if you have the tank set up, though, where the shrimp can get away and have plenty of hides where during the molt they can go get away and not get eaten, I think you'd be okay. Uh, that's that's my hot take. I haven't tried it, though. so But I, I'm trying to remember as I'm talking, and I, I do think I've seen others that have tanks with Celebes and uh, shrimp in them. I feel like that's right. So... Someone here, if you've tried it um, or you're doing it now, would you chime in and let us know? So Peeps Lost Sheep has a, a better answer than my uh, poor memory of something I think I remember. <laughs> the older I get, the less I can rely on that. David Foster, how often do you get the spotted Congo puffers in stock? Um, every chance I get, basically. So if I can find a good supplier of them um, in and hopefully captive bread, that's what I go for. Then I'll bring them in pretty much every time because I'm almost always in need of them. There's high demand, low supply. So I will try again the next time I place an order. Um, but, you know, I tried an import or two ago to get them and they, they didn't have them. So sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. They're breeding as many as they can, but demand vastly outstrips supply so it's it's very spotty with getting spotted congo puffers in see what we did there <laughs> i cracked myself up all right but i i mean i 
I would love to get more in and I'm trying all the time. So when I can, I do. Eric, why rock? Why not rock? That's the question. <laughs> why rock? Why not rock? Hang on. I'm scrolling just because it jumped again and again and again. Hang on. There we are. I found you. Eric, why rock? What is your dream fish, one you haven't kept before? Let me show you what it is. Poro Panchaks Brashardi. Okay, this fish. This is a small little lampi out of West Africa. Um, the killifish geek in me has always wanted to keep these. I saw a picture of it back in the day in Jorgen Shields Atlas before the internet when if you wanted to know about killifish, you had to buy books or, uh, you know, find someone else who kept them and become friends. And I think in that book that they were labeled as, um, as Aplokylus Myers eye, I think, and maybe they are Myers eye, but, um, because they look fairly similar. But this Brichardi, this is what I, I really want to get. My friend Steve Ehrlich used to keep them. And the pictures here aren't doing these guys justice. Once they settle in and they start displaying and stuff, they're just really pretty, really active. Their, their fins are like erect and moving all the time. They're really cool. So that's one that I would love to get in. I've wanted for years and have not got it yet. Now there's a lot of, of other bucket list fish on that list, but the one that first popped into mind was that one. It's hard to pick just one, but I really like those. <laughs> Maria Z, I'll work for fish. All right, I've got work. <laughs> I've always got work. <clears throat> Good to see you, Maria. I hope you're doing well. Mickey M. Pam promised she will do the goal in her stream later as well. I hope. Well, all right. You got to now, Punchy Paints. So I guess that means I'd like to, I guess, announce that now that after me at 9 p.m. Mountain Time, uh, Punchy Paints will be going live. So correct me if I'm wrong, but that comment makes me think that that is a true statement. Fish Tank Barn throwing down some money. $4.99. Thank you so much, Mike. Always appreciated. Never required. But as you know, it does make the wife super happy when money falls from the sky. Fish Geek Dude Ranch Fund. <laughs> That's such a great idea. Like the city slippers for fish keepers. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of dude ranches around. So. I'm pretty familiar with them for fish keeping. Oh, that's fun. Have a vacation working in a fish store. Yep. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Dennis throwing down some moolah. Hey, Dan, how's it going, brother? Will you have the gold Roseline barbs for sale soon? Gracias, hombre. Um, that's the same thing as the spotted Congo puffers. Demand is high, supply is low, and... Um, quality varies. So right now there's only one supplier that I'll buy those from because I know the quality is as good as it gets. Um, the golds have some innate problems. It's mainly with their eyes. So there's a percentage of every batch that their eyes just don't work quite right. 
And so they have trouble competing and eating and all that. They just kind of get, get listless and, um, the food goes in and they're like guessing where it is and all the other fish are eating it actively. So it's not all of them. It's a small percentage, but it is a thing with the strain. And so I'm buying, I'm trying to buy them from direct from the source. So the, the, the gentleman that actually uh, discovered the first of that color morph and bred it and established it and got it out to the rest of the industry I'm trying to get from that, that kernel guy. So when I get him, that's where I'm getting him from. And the demand on him is really high. So he's frequently out. And believe it or not, um, that's a fish that I, I literally don't make money on. I break even. So I sell those for 35, 40 bucks a piece, right? So you would think, hey, he's making good money. But the truth is I bring that in because a lot of people want them. Um, it's not a money maker they're they're very expensive on the supply side so and on the transport side because you can't put very many in a bag even as an exporter and so if you only have a couple fish in a bag or a few fish in a bag and you have to pay the freight on that bag it, it gets pretty expensive so I, I do bring them in whenever i can get them from a good supplier at uh, a price that makes sense um, sometimes they do have the larger ones available and I tend to avoid that. They're, they're harder to ship and um, just they're exponentially more expensive. Well, not exponentially, but they're a lot more expensive. So, um, yeah, I'm trying. So that's a fish that I pretty much order every time I place an order from that supplier. And if they have them, I get them. If they don't, they don't. Or if they only have a few, sometimes they can get me a few, and but they have to send them to other customers as well. So it's hard fish to get. Well, it's not that hard. Yeah, I would say it's a hard fish to get. You see it on a lot of lists, but often when you order it, either quality isn't great or they just they short you because they don't actually have it, even though they list it. Um, all right. Toad Tamer, you introduced me to Melanotania onelle. I don't even know how to say that. I keep saying it's onelle. <laughs> onelli. Onelli. Yeah. In your fish room video tour. And they are stunners, but I can't find any other information online. Could I ask you for any information on those? You could ask me for information on those. However, they're new to me too. So this is my first time keeping them. I don't know a lot. I would suggest though, let's, let's jot on over to Rainbow Fish Live, if I can get it to come up. When I'm streaming, uh, it takes a lot of, Facebook doesn't work super fast when I'm streaming. Okay, I think I can find this real quick. Okay, yes, here it is. Boom, so here's what I can share with you. So I got them in, in the, the name was spelled a little different. So I asked these guys, this is what I got. You know, is this the right name? It seems a little weird to me. And they, they corrected me, um, found out what the name was, and then was able to, where is it? This is the cool kind of stuff that happens on Rainbow Fish Live. So the guy that collected them chimed in, Hans Evers, who used to be the, uh, the editor of Amazonas Magazine. He says, this was collected by Jeffrey and me in 2011 in a little creek named Cali O'Nelli. So that's why it's named O'Nelli. I thought it was like named after a guy named O'Neill, maybe, 
and like misspelled or something, but nope, it's called Kalionelli, which means Kali is the word for like creek or river, I guess. Um, my my Indonesian isn't that good. I think it's Indonesian. Maybe it's Papuan. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, at the time it was deep in the forest. Nowadays there is a road passing and it wiped out the Onelli Creek. So they collected fish in this creek. They went back. The creek's gone, right? This happens all the time in rainbow fish country. And that's why it's really important to keep the strains pure because it, it's, it's likely that we can't get them again. Like once the natural habitat's destroyed, that location's gone. Sometimes that species is gone. Um, some of the species only exist in one location. But they also live close by in another creek and they recollected them in 2020. The offspring that I got originates from the stock that they collected in 2020. That variety is much easier to breed than the original ones. I don't know why, but it makes me very happy this beauty has been spread among both fans. So that's all I know about it right there. There's no information online. Um, I, I just had to ask for some information. I got lucky and one of the people that collected them uh, was able to tell us a little bit about, you know, where they got them and things, but that's about it. So I don't know much about them. Yeah. I mean, you could go to ANFA and, and do a search and, and read an article on them maybe, but I don't know how much else you're going to be able to find on them. And that's, that's the case of a lot of, with a lot of uh, the rainbow fish and many other fish actually that I try to get, I try to get stuff that um, a, so there's a few things for me as a fish hobbyist, it's always more fun to get something that I haven't seen before. Right. So I do look for new stuff just because I think it's interesting. And because a lot of the new stuff in the rainbow fish world is coming out, their habitats are being destroyed at a large, an alarming rate. And um, so I want to get them in and get them distributed while we have the fish. So hopefully we can get captive populations established. So that's why I bring in some of the rarer stuff, um, even if I don't make money on it or just break even or whatever, um, I'm, I'm trying to get it out there. And Onella is in, in the case of that's a fish. Um, I don't want to mislead you. I, I, I do make margin on the Onelli or Onelli. That one I was able to get at a price that worked on a business model. Um, some of them don't though. But I got that in because I knew it was new. I knew it was hard to find. And I knew that um, actually that's about all I knew about it. So <laughs> that's what I got for you, Toad Tamer. Wish I could tell you more, but I don't know more. Orange Gones. Do you need a can't scroll to the top cup? <laughs> I need all the cups. In fact, I, yes. So orange cones got me a commemorative mug. February 3rd, 2021. I made it to the bottom of the chat because I almost never do. And I think that day I legitimately did. Sometimes I do, but because I accidentally skip a whole hours worth of chat like it jumps on me and I, I don't even realize it but <laughs> sure send me all the commemorative mugs you you want to make I like mugs <laughs> all right t-shot thanks for getting back to me about my order today even though you were crazy busy top-notch service thanks a lot Dan hashtag happy wife happy life yeah, 
that's at least 95% of the equation for sure. <laughs> or let's put it this way. Unhappy wife, unhappy life for sure. Um, <laughs> so, hey, you're welcome. Um, glad that I could do that. I, I try to. There are, I'm sure, some people here who um, I think I've cleared most of my inbox if you messaged me up till yesterday. If you messaged me today, if it wasn't like urgently related to an order that was going out today, um, I probably haven't seen it yet, but I will get to you, you know, by tomorrow at the latest. So I'm working through it and uh, I do what I can. I, I know there's times when I don't get back to people as quickly as they would like, but I, I honestly try to get back. If you email me on a Monday, I try to get back to you by the end of the day, Tuesday. For sure. Every now and then it doesn't work, but, but you're welcome, T-Shot. I try to be uh, accessible. It's me. Serious question here. All right. Serious face here. When do you think you will reach the bottom of the chat again? Next year? Lol. That was a serious question. <laughs> oh, I was going to jump. Yeah, there it goes. Okay. <laughs> Hang on. Doing the scrollsies. Scrollsy, scrollsy, scrollsy. Wait, poor archerfish, that plant is invading their territory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I know. Don't worry. I'm about to take the lawnmower to it. <laughs> okay. I finally found the top of the chat. Eric, why rock? Why not? Those are super cool. Glad you like them. BCFR Aquatics, importing dry goods. Are you someone I can email for some advice as I start? Um, probably not dry goods. I do import some things. Like I can't find canamycin hardly ever. And when I do, the price is outrageous. So uh, I do import certain things like that. That, But almost everything else besides fish, I... I I try to actually get stuff that's kind of done in the USA if the price is right. Um, don't don't read any like massive political thing into that. That's not what I'm meaning. It's just I, I, I like to support other people that are, you know, trying to start a business here like I am. Um, but importing dry goods, I'm sorry, that's not something I've done on, well, on any kind of massive scale or anything like that. And, and I don't plan on doing that either. I'm, I really am focusing on live freshwater aquarium fish. That's, that's my niche. Brian Maramba, I got some black darter tetras, and they're always hiding in between rocks and plants and in caves. Is this normal behavior, and how difficult would it be to breed them? What I will say about that, um, I've never bred them. I know it can be done. I've read articles about it and things, but I I don't have any firsthand experience with breeding them. But the darter tetras, are, I assume you're talking about the morpho. Hang on. Let's see if you're talking about this or a caracidium species. Okay, I think you're talking about this fish, the uh, Weitzman eye. Is that right? If I'm right and you're talking about Weitzman eye, and you're not talking about um, the fish I'm showing, if you're talking about that one and not like 
a kerasidium, let me show you that. Usually it's fasciatum, but here's another one that's kind of sometimes goes by that name. Um, so, yes, you can breed. Actually, both of these you can breed. I've never done it, so I can't tell you uh, too much about it. The, the black morpho, though, if the Weitzman eye is one I've read a lot about and researched about because it is a fish I'd like to keep and breed and raise one day. I would refer you, though, to I believe it's Rachel O'Leary. And it's been a while, so you're going to have to dig through the archive or do a search or something. But she had a video where she featured hers. And that video might give you some, you know, firsthand knowledge versus what I could do, which is just stuff I've read. Um, I haven't kept them, so I can't really talk to you about that. Or if I have kept them, it hasn't been like in a in my own personal collection. It's been like in a pet store. Marie will you be bringing in any more flagtail panda koi's at some point? Yes, I'd like to increase my little six pack, and I'm doing well. Hope you are too. Oh yeah, I am. I'm tired. I mean, it was a it was a day today. Yeah. Shipping days, it's just there's that looming deadline and you don't want to disappoint your customers, you know, and not make the deadline and have to withhold their shipment or delay their shipment. And so I'm always cutting, running right on the edge on shipping days because I'm trying to ship as many fish out as I possibly can because I also don't want customers to have to wait too long to get the fish. And it's always this balancing act between overcommitting to ship too many fish, um, <laughs> like, okay, I can, I can do one more box. Okay, I'll make it work, you know, that versus deadline realities. So I'm always on a razor's edge, but I'm doing good. Long, stressful day a little bit, but not, not too stressful. I mean, I had help. That was awesome. Um, and yes, I do plan to bring in more of those quarries. I plan to bring in actually lots of different quarries once I get the warehouse. Um, how I envision it in this will, you know, change once reality hits, I'm sure. But how I envision it is the bottom row of tanks, quarries, gobies, other cool bottom dwellers, uh, the middle, you know, your mid water dwellers in the top, your upper level dwellers. So that way, when you're walking along the aisle and you glance down, you see the bottom dwellers because they're on the bottom. If you have top doors down there, they're, they're hard to see. Middle, right there. Top, you see the top ones up there, right? So that's why I want to do it that way. But um, so I do plan on getting lots of different quarries and plecos and gobies for the bottom. I know I won't stay true to that completely, though, because you always get a fish in. And you're like, I need somewhere to put it. Uh, nowhere up there. I guess it's going down there, even though it's a top dweller. It happens. Kevin Leong saying hi. Hi, Kevin. Right back at you. Thanks for being with us. Good to see you. Raphael Swit, would it would be fun to work for you, man. There's just this tiny issue of a four-day commute. You can move. Come on. <laughs> You've moved, I'm sure, for things that were only half as cool. <laughs> um, no, I get it. Like, there's give and takes to doing a business from Wyoming, for sure. Pro not give and take. Yeah, give and takes, pros and cons. Uh, the pros, I think, vastly outweigh the cons. But one is it can be more difficult for people that, uh, you know, are 
have a, a mortgage payment and family set down and all that stuff and a, a secure job and all that. Um, it can be, that's a lot to, that makes a move a, a big thing, right? There's a lot of decisions that have to make, take place. There's a lot that has to fall in place. Um, so I totally get it. But if you're like single and don't have commitments, what's your excuse really? Throw your crap in your Nissan and get over here. <laughs> That's how I started my career in entertainment. Um, I, I threw my crap in my Nissan and I drove to LA, slept on a floor with just a sleeping bag for like several months until I could scrape together enough money to get a mattress. That was like a huge upgrade. Got like a twin mattress, threw it down on the floor. In that first apartment, I don't think I ever had a bed frame. Threw that on the floor. And like my creature comforts were a mattress, some blankets, a sleeping bag, and like a car. <laughs> That's what I had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know your situation, though. I, I know most people have pretty complex situations. I get that. It's hard to kind of disentangle yourself once you get to a certain point in life. Yeah. Patrick Hardy, I have a 36-gallon bowfront aquarium. Cool. What is the best type of rainbow fish? Okay, for this size and how many have living plants in this tank? Okay. So there are several species of rainbow fish that, like true rainbow fish, that top out at 2 to 3, 3.5 inches or so. You want to look at like Soloensis, Macolachi, Neon Dwarf Rainbows, that's Praycocks, um, Wallace Road, there's a species that hasn't been described yet, but the collection point is Wallace Road. Ogilby is another one. Um, I have three of these right now. I have the Neon Dwarf Rainbow, I have the Macolachi from Starsh Creek, and I have the, uh, the Skull Creek of the Soloensis, if I'm saying that right. That's a complicated name. Um, the spelling's really weird. Um, I mean, I'd like to say Pygmaea or the Pygmy rainbow, but you can almost never find it. And I found out why recently. Um, I was talking to an exporter from uh, Australia, and apparently they're on an endangered list or something that makes them just, you know, they can't collect them. It's illegal to collect them. So hopefully there's enough in the hobby that eventually we get some. But if we don't, then it's going to take like a university study or something to get a permit to go collect them, bring them in and uh, for their study. And while they're doing that, maybe they can breed some and distribute them, but that's a hard fish to get. Um, so true rainbows, what's the smallest of those? I know those are kind of the, the dwarf ones, but what I would say in a 36 gallon bow front, since it's not really long, it's kind of a boxy tank. Uh, I honestly would go with a bunch of pseudomugils, the blue eyes. They're not true rainbows, but they're an honorary rainbow. They're in the same kind of group. They're kind of considered rainbows popularly, right? So almost any of the pseudomugils in that size tank planted like that, you could get a good number of them in there. They would have no problem thriving in that tank. They, they're not crazy fast swimmers. They need space like the others. They kind of zip around and display more than like back and forth, like the kind of Melanotanias and other species like that do. So that's my thoughts. 
if I missed one that's small and cool, um, please chime in. Let's help uh, Patrick out. Max, hey, Max. Hang on. I just missed it. Whoa, did it jump? Jeez, oh, Max. I'm sorry. Let me scroll up and try to find you. Oh. <laughs> said, hey, Max, reached over to grab my water, and he was gone. Okay, there you are. I see you, Max. Hi, Dan. Ever thought about selling shrimp like Neocaridina and Caridina? People don't typically buy just one, so they can be lucrative. Also, thank you for the fish. Writing you an email right now. All right, cool, Max. Hope you're doing well. Uh, excuse me. Um, I've thought about it. If I ever do it, it'll be down the road a ways, though. I, I mean, I, so here's the model, right? Freshwater fish, you know, more small, peaceful, that kind of stuff. Probably no monster fish. Do that until we've reached the limit of what that can do. Right When we can't expand there anymore, when there's nothing else we can do there to improve on our business and we're starting to look for other things, maybe it never happens. Maybe it's, it's always a market that we're continually able to um, improve with. But let's say we reach a point where like, we literally can't, can't do any more business in this market. Um, and I don't mean like we're quitting the market, but we can't increase it anymore or it's already going to the point where it's, it's, on its own, everyone knows what to do, it's a fine-tuned machine, all that, then maybe it's time to think about, well, let's start thinking about some some freshwater shrimp or something. But until that time happens, I don't think we'll get into shrimp. I think what we want to do is be the best in the world at one thing, get that perfected, then maybe think about moving on. But right now it's uh if it right now if it does happen, it's like a big maybe in the non-foreseeable future. Killers Aquatics, reminder, if you have a question or comment for Dan, please highlight it with an at symbol Dan's fish. Yes, indeed. So it turns bright orange for me, so it's easy for me to find. That's exactly what we want. And thanks, Killers Aquatics. Thanks to the rest of my mods for being here as well. I appreciate you guys. Um, sincerely, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here every week doing what you do. I appreciate it. Matt Hoffman. Hi, Dan. Saw some. Oh, man. The Blue-Eyed Congo Tetra. This is a... I know how to read this name. I don't know if I know how to say it. Phenicogramus? And then the species name. Aranticus, I think. <laughs> anyway, saw some of the Blue-Eyed Congo Tetra. That's easier to say. In person today, my jaw dropped. Any chance you'd order in some one day? And by one day, I mean one day soon. I do hope, so here's what we're talking about. Do you remember what the price tag was? I'm imagining we're in the 35 to $45 price range per fish, something like that. Um, we're talking about these. So there's some amazing, amazing, really amazing Tetras in West Africa. The issue is most of them are coming out of the... Uh, DRC right now, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and um, th it's the same reason why Congo spotted puffers were impossible to get for so long and are still hard to get. It was just 
impossible to collect and export from that country for a long time because of all the issues going on uh, internally at the time. It just wasn't safe to travel and collect and things. So it's starting to open up a bit. So stuff's starting to kind of trickle out more, but stuff's still hard to get um, and the prices are really high. However, I do have one supplier there and I haven't ordered yet just because prices are so high. Well, and then COVID hit and it was just like, I'm sticking with what I know, but um, I do plan to get some stuff from them. They have a long list of lots of different quote unquote Congo Tetras that are available. Um, It's a risk for me to get them though, because I have to do a sizable, you know, when you import, you have to purchase many thousands of fish to uh, be able to import. And if I've got 5,000 Tetras that cost from 30 to $50 a piece, am I going to be able to move them or am I going to like sit on them for three years? Right? So when it gets to price your fish like that, it it becomes more than you have to consider a lot of things before making the order. And it's not like a lot of places where you can order all kinds of stuff that, that you aren't entering such risk for. And then you could also add some of those cool new, new, some of those cool um, Congo type Tetras to it because those places don't even have them. You kind of have to order from the people going out and collecting them. So I do have that, that connection. Um, So every import, I try to upgrade a little bit. I try to be like, okay, like this, this order, I think I brought in four or five species of plecos. A few orders ago, I wouldn't have done that because the risk is too high. Like, what if they all died? That's, I would have lost a ton. Um, And that's beyond just fish life, right? I, I respect fish life and things. So I don't consider fish commodities and just dollar signs. But the reality is when you're running a business, you have to take that into consideration. It's if all these died, would I be able to place the next order or would my cash flow be so severely hampered that um, you know, I just fold the business because I couldn't, I didn't have enough money to cover operating expenses plus cover the next order coming in. So, but I'm in a place now where things are going well enough that I am trying to get in more, some of the stuff that I couldn't have got before because the risk was too high because of cost points. Oh, it's not Mickey. It's my, is it Mikey or Mickey? I can't remember. We had this discussion. I think it's Mickey M. That's what I'm going with. Cause I can't remember. Question mark. Okay. Survival ratio so far with your imports. Yes. Depends on the supplier. Depends on lots of things. Um, but I'm happy to say that in general, I've, I've got pretty good suppliers and almost always the, my survival rate, I would say is it, well, I know it's, it's way, way higher than the industry average and it's, it's pretty darn good. Yep. For sure. In fact, I just, I, I would, I just wouldn't be able to be in this business if it wasn't. I, like I couldn't stand just importing fish and having tons of them die all the time. I would, 
I'd feel like I was abusing the animals, I guess. Like, man, I'm every time I buy these tons die. I just feel like it was wrong of me to keep doing it. That's one reason, like there's certain fish that I just won't bring in unless I can find a new supplier. Clown killies is a good example. So I love clown killies. I've kept and bred them and raised them. No problems. Um, I know clown killies really well. I've kept just different locations of them. I, I know that fish. Um, I moved to Wyoming and for some reason, so I ordered some clown killies and they didn't, the, none of them made it. I was like, what is going on? That is weird. I thought it was like just a one-off thing, like something strange happened um, or it was just unlucky or something. So I tried them again, same thing happened. So I was like, well, maybe it's the supplier. So I tried a different supplier, same thing happened. So I was like, well, I guess it's something on my end. A new supplier came available. I tried a few, same thing happened. This recent import, um, one of my suppliers who I haven't got clown killies from before had them available. So I tried them again and they're fine now. So I finally found a supplier with quality clown killies so I can get them again. But for a long time there, I just wouldn't bring them in. So I'm talking, this is, I'm talking since 2011 is when this happened. So it wasn't like I kept doing that. I'd try them. They don't work. I'd be like, okay, I'm not doing that until I found a new source because I thought it could be the source that was the problem. Tried them. Okay, I guess I'm not bringing those in again. So I just think that if you're ordering fish in that you know we're going to die, <laughs> that's, that's tantamount to abuse in my opinion. So yeah, the rate's pretty darn good though. So real talk, right now, out of all the tanks I have with all the, I don't know how many thousands of fish I brought in, but lots of fish. Um, this was the biggest import I've ever done. I have one tank that's giving me problems right now, just one. So there were two others, three others. They were giving me problems. Um, one of them, the batch didn't do well. Um, I lost most of them. I was able to save a few. They, they came in like that. They, it was one of those cases where the bag came in just in horrible shape for some reason. The other one is the clown killies and the pygmy quarries, which were doing pretty well. But initially, there was just a couple losses. Like there'd be a couple. And then the next day there might be a couple more, um, but that, that didn't last long at all. They recovered and they're going to be listed for sale this Friday. They're doing great. Um, so right now I'm down to just one tank that's having any problems. So out of, so that puts the problem fish at less than 4% if we go on a tank by tank basis and the ones that didn't recover at less than 1% um, 1% to, yeah, like one point, I don't know the exact math, but it's pretty low. Yeah. Between one and 2%, I, I would say was the problem. Yeah. So not too bad. I mean, if you look at the industry standard, which I don't know how they exactly, they judge that. Like do you send out a survey and ask pet store owners, how many fish did you lose out of the last thousand you bought? Or are they going to even know? How many people keep track of that? And 
are they going to like want to admit, yeah, I'm not very good at this. You know, I, how do they even know what the industry average is? But from, from my experience working in the industry, we do, I don't know how we could do better. Well, I do know one way we could do better. We could find, um, find and train some of the exporters are doing great. Like, like the guy had just got the last import in with all the rainbows and stuff is amazing. Like I, I can't see a flaw. I couldn't like, if I went and tried to train him to do it better, I couldn't, he's, he's doing great. He, he does a great job. Um, the only thing that could be better is if every fish was bagged individually but I don't think that's realistic. But the way he does it now is he preps them, obviously. Um, he fasts them. He does all that. And he doesn't crowd them. So there's multiple fish per bag, but not nearly as densely packed as every other importer I've ever worked with. So this guy does a good job. But there are lots of other importers or transshippers and things like that, agents, brokers, and stuff like that, that if they were open to a little training, um, that could improve things too. So, but barring that, I think we're doing pretty darn good. Um, all right. Orange going, sounds like my first apartment. Yes. I had four. And so we're talking about when I first moved to Los Angeles and like threw a mattress on the floor in the apartment was like, I guess I'm home. No, a sleeping bag. I didn't even have a mattress at the time. Um, I had four outdoor plastic chairs that doubled as my couch, put three together and a chair in my living room, dining room, bedroom. Yep. That and a card table. What else do you need? <laughs> One dirty platy. If I knew, I wouldn't ask, do you have an auto water change system or are they, there any tricks you'd recommend if so? Yes, I do otter water, otter? I do otter water changes, auto water changes. Um, 30 to 40% every day is, is what the ratio is. Um, and I have some videos on it. I would suggest trying to search them and watching the detailed videos on it because that'll give you more. But in brief, and I really am going to try to be brief on this one. I know I ramble sometimes. Water comes in, goes to a, a gas-powered tankless water heater. I use a Renai, but you can use others. That heats the water to 110 degrees. Then that water goes into a mixing valve, which mixes that 110-degree water with cold water, so the water comes out at about 77, 78 degrees, 76 to 78, it varies a, a tiny bit. That water goes to a sprinkler valve system like you would use to run sprinklers on your lawn, like Rainbird or Hunter or whatever. Um, and each of those solenoid valves runs to one row in the fish room. So it, you program your sprinkler controller and you can say, hey, at this time, give this row 15 minutes of water or an hour of water or whatever. So that's how I ran it. The main pro tip I think that I could give you for auto water change system is program it so that you don't do large changes at once. So I do 30 to 40%, but it's in 15 minute intervals. So a row will get a 15 minute water change, then it goes to the next row, the next row, the next row. An hour and a half later, it goes back and does another 15 minutes. So there's an hour and a half break between each injection of fresh water. 
So if there's any residual chlorine or the water's coming out unstable, like there's a lot of dissolved nitrogen gas that needs to gas off and things like that, you're not putting that into the aquarium all at once. You're not dumping 30 to 40% of that unstable water in all at once. You're putting a little bit in, the system bubbles and, and stabilizes it, right? If there's a tiny bit of residual chlorine, that gas is off. And then you put in a little bit more. So it's a gradual thing. I wouldn't program it so that it's like, all right, this thing needs a 40% water change. That's going to take uh, two hours. So two hours there and then two hours on the next one and two hours on the next one. You want to do just a little bit at a time. So that's my biggest recommendation, I think, uh, that I that might be helpful, that maybe isn't intuitive, that I found makes a difference. Kizakorax, did you get my text? Let me check. I dropped, today was crazy. I dropped stuff off to ship and then I built the live stream real quick, <laughs> snarfed down some food as fast as I could and ran down here. So I see that I got one from you, uh, Bob. Um, so I'll read it afterwards and, and get back to you. Canisteo Valley, Canisteo, Canisteo maybe, Valley cichlids. Are those archer fish behind you? They are. These are the Burmese clouded archer fish. Toxotis blythei is the scientific name. I like them because they're an archer fish. They can live in pure fresh water. They do not need salt. They live in pure fresh water in nature. And uh, that's why I like them. Orange cones. I am building a database tool for my employer. They keep changing what they want. <laughs> they tend to do that, yeah. So I'm using your line adjusted for my situation. Well, when I get to the where the data warehouse built. <laughs> so yeah. That's my thing. People are always, are you ever going to do this? I'm like, yes, as soon as I have the warehouse, I'm going to do that. When I get the warehouse built, I'm going to do that. When I get the warehouse built. So I do have big plans for the warehouse. And I'm, oh, I'm nervous and excited because tomorrow I have a meeting with the contractor and the investor that's the landowner. Um, and we're going to find out from the contractor a pretty... Not completely accurate because not, not all the bids are finalized, but a pretty decent estimate that we can more or less count on um, for the price of this thing. So it's, uh, it's discouraging every time I go to the lumber store and see that the price has gone up again or go look at a, a plumbing store. Sorry, I got something in my throat and see a, uh, and see that PVC pipe has gone up again. So literally, I was at Home Depot like two, three days ago because we built some shelves down here to hold more bags of fish because we were running out of room. And um, I saw that OSB, a really basic material, cheap, used for siding on houses and things. I used to be able to get that for about 10 bucks a sheet. Now it's over $33 a sheet since COVID or whatever other problems have happened since COVID started. Um, PVC pipe up a huge amount. So like <laughs> it's, it's, I have this business prime to go. We're positioned really well 
and it's time to do this kind of no matter what. But man, prices have gone high. So I'm a little bit nervous uh, to see what this is going to cost. But it, it will be what it will be, and we'll make it happen one way or the other. But oh, man. Paul Soltero, couldn't you get those African species from the Czech Republic fish farms? Maybe, but they don't, you know, a lot of the Czech Republic might have a few of them, but they're not going to have the, a, a wide variety of them. And again, supply and demand, like even if the Czech Republic farms have them, they don't have them in massive numbers yet. Um, they're still, there's still a lot less supply than the demand can meet right now. And, and by the way, stuff like that um, tends to go other places first. There's a lot of other countries that are closer to the Czech Republic or to other places where we source our fish. And so it's just a lot easier to ship there. So if you have a choice, if you're in the Czech Republic and you have a choice of shipping an export to Germany versus the United States, you're going to go to Germany. It's quicker. It's safer. You'll have less losses, all kinds of reasons. And then the other thing is that, um, you know, other places are willing to pay a lot more money for fish than we are here in the United States. So, um, you know, we don't always get the newest, rarest stuff uh, in the quantity that we want just because we're cheapskates. So <laughs> there is that too. Musa Foster, getting a shipment of chili rasboras tomorrow. I would love any advice you might have that I might not be aware of. Also lost all my killies during the ice storm. Oh, Melissa, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, there's been some weird weather around for sure. Let's see your chili rasbora advice. Um, ammonia and nitrite will kill them like almost instantly. I'm not instantly, but it's going to be a big problem. So... Just make sure that it's a super well-established tank. I would not put chili rasboras in a tank if it hadn't already been running for several months. Like it was stable, it was seasoned, stuff was growing, um, and there was no danger, or there's never no danger. There was as little danger of like an ammonia spike as possible. They don't like high nitrate either. So keep those kind of toxins way down non-existent if you can. Nitrate, you'll have a little bit, but you should never have ammonia or nitrite that can register. Um, the big problem with them is when they first arrive, depending on how they were handled, um, they might be a little bit fragile. Actually, they might be a lot bit fragile. So this is a small fish, really small, it goes through all those rigors of export and stuff to get to us. And if it hasn't been treated right, you can get pinched bellies and emaciated fish. And it's just, uh, that's a real hard situation to win in. So what I would be prepared for, if you're getting a shipment of them, is I would have a lot of small live foods for them to eat. Baby brine shrimp are excellent but they'll eat microworms, they'll eat all kinds of stuff. So I'd have a lot of really small live food ready for them. So that if they do come in and they're really skinny, you can put baby brine shrimp in there and you could put enough in there to last for a couple hours. Baby brine shrimp will last in an aquarium 
for quite a while, even though it's fresh water. Now, if you have a power filter or something, that could be a problem because it could suck it up and all that. But if like if all you have is like me, like a chorus sponge filter or something, uh, an air driven filter, that's not going to suck the baby brine shrimp up very fast. So you can put enough in there that they can kind of graze a lot. So that's the main thing if you're getting a shipment is be prepared to fatten them up. Yeah. All right, let's see. 230 folks are here. Hey, thanks for being here, everybody. Appreciate it. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for spending your Wednesday evening with us. Um, I don't usually do anything like what I'm about to say, but we're so close to 13,000 subs. I think we're only, when I checked before the stream, I think we're like six people away or something like that. So um, if you're like, hey, I've been meaning to subscribe. I just haven't done it yet and you want to do it and get us over that 13,000 hump, that would be cool. I almost never say stuff like that, but yeah, we're only a few away. I can say it. What was I going with? Mickey M. <laughs> Mickey M. Good to hear you are experienced in trading fish. I've had some contacts in trade, so I know about some of the risks. Mikey or Mickey, I don't know myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for awesome streams and vids. All right. Well, I'm glad that I can say it wrong and it can be okay. Thanks. Orange goes, I had the giant spool, no card table. Oh, yeah. The old wooden, like electrical cable spool. Yes. That's the card table of champions, man. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I once, we built an entire, like, so we did Little Shop of Horrors. I used to be a theater guy and uh, we did Little Shop of Horrors and the entire flower shop, we built all the little flower pots and stuff out of those little wooden spools, the, the smaller ones that they use for twine and wire and stuff. Fishy Mailman, how many investors are needed still? Um, we're pretty close. We had everything we needed and a little bit more, but as I'm seeing prices go up, um, I would say that it's probably 45,000 more that I'm willing to, uh, to do. So up to 45,000 left in investment in dance fish because as prices go up, I don't want to get in a situation where, um, where I put so much into the building itself that we don't have any operation costs left over to cover expenses while we move in and get set up and things. We're going to need a, a few months of runway to get in there and get going. So I don't want to do that mistake where people have just enough to open, but then forget that it's going to take a little longer to open than they thought, or they need a little cushion just to get through the first couple months while they get up and running. So um, with the, ex <laughs> as prices go up, I've, I've been looking at it and I'm like, I think I might need to give away a little more ownership of the company to just, because the last thing I'm going to do, like I'd rather give up a little more of the company than put the, it's not that it's at risk, but I mean, I think we're in decent shape because I'm already cautious in how I'm approaching it. Um, but yeah, just a little extra cushion would be nice. So about 45,000 left, I think. And I'll find out tomorrow what the final tally is. But if you remember when we started this, I thought that the whole project would cost about 600,000. I priced that out. I got estimates and things. 
And I priced that out the summer before COVID hit. Then COVID hit and everything went haywire and ever since prices have gone up. So I think we might be closer to 900,000 at this point into getting this thing up and running. So um, now we've got almost everything. We, we have everything covered, but having 45,000 more in would give us a, a few more months of runway, which would just, just make me feel a little better. Just take a little tension off. Not that I'm lazy and I'm not going to like <laughs> do everything I can to get up and running as fast as I can, but, but maybe I'd sleep better. So I'm going to say there's 45,000 left. Uh, minimum investment is 10,000. So um, we could do, you know, a few people at 10,000, or we could do one person at 45. It's, it's up to you folks. I do want to say this though. Um, I've been upfront with every investor about this. This is going to work. I'm all in. Like I don't have a plan B. If this doesn't work, I honestly don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know what else I would want to do, but I do want to be clear. We're not like a, a security. So there is risk involved. Um, I think we're being smart about it. I, I think, I, look, I wouldn't have sacrificed a well-paying job and, and lived on ramen wages as long as I have and stuff to make this happen if I didn't believe in it. So I believe in it and I have the data to back up that belief. Um, I don't think I've shared this. Um, first year we did about 68, 69,000. Um, the second year we projected 109,000 and we beat that. So we did 134,000 in 2020. So there is a market there. We're, we're figuring out how to make it work with the margins and everything. So I think we have a good chance of making this work for sure. But I don't want anyone to put in money, since it's not a security, that if they lost it, let's say the worst happened and they did lose their money, that it, it's like, now you're in real trouble. Like, oh, that's all I had for my retirement. Or, um, you know, I did this expecting to return quickly and now I'm homeless, you know, anything like that. So I'm being as responsible as possible. I think I'm doing it right, but I don't want anyone putting money into a venture like this that would be destroyed if they lost it. So I just want to be upfront about that. Um, I think I've had that discussion with, um, with my investors as they come in, but yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't put yourself in a sit in an impossible situation with a risk like this. But if, if you can afford the risk, which again, I hate to talk that way. Cause it sounds like now nah, there's not much chance this will work. I think, I think there's definitely a very, very high percentage chance this will work, but I just, like literally there's been some people that have reached out to me um, and I've had that conversation with them and we've decided, you know what, let's, let's find the money somewhere else because I don't think I could live with myself if I knowingly um, put someone's in that kind of situation um, in an early stage startup like this, where they're definitely at risk involved. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to, the more I talk, the deeper the hole I dig myself probably, but short answer. Yes. $45,000 of the company is still up for grabs. If you're interested, send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. And that will definitely close out the round. Well, definitely. I'll find out tomorrow. I think that'll even worst case scenario. I can imagine 
let's say the whole project costs 900,000, um, that should close out the round, so. All right, Melissa Foster, thank you. I have a great cycle tank, but German Rams and Tetras in it? Are you asking, hang on, was this in going along with the chili rasbora? Just a minute. Oh, did I miss? I might have missed a few. Sorry if I missed a few, folks. Oh, yes. So Melissa Foster was the one getting the chili rasboras. Sorry. Um, okay. I have a great cycle tank, but German Rams and Tetras. Honestly, if I was doing... Um, are you asking if you should get them or are you telling me you already have German Rams and Tetras in it? Chili Rasboras, when they first arrive, especially if they're freshly imported, in my opinion, should be in a tank by themselves. They're not a aggressive feeding fish. Um, they are very passive and laid back. And especially when they first arrive, they're going to just need TLC and like a private little tank to relax in. They'll eventually get comfortable and be outgoing and all that. But when they first come in, I'd give them a place of their own. Once they get there and you see they're doing well and they're fat and they're sassy, then you might be able to put some appropriately sized small community fish that are peaceful in there with them. Sure. Um, but I wouldn't start them in that situation. In tetras, it depends. There's many, many species of tetras. If like ember tetras, sure, I don't think that would be a problem. Uh, but there are tetras that could be a problem. They get larger or more, ro more, more boisterous. German rams, I think they would be okay. With the caveat that if you have a full-grown male German ram and tiny little chili rasboras, uh, you know, you could have a snacking issue. So, yeah. One Dirty Plotty, thanks for the response on auto systems. We'll definitely check out the videos. Cool. Cool. Man, it's been so long since I made those videos. I was trying to remember which title it was, but I, I can't remember which video they're in. Melissa Foster coming from Imperial Tropicals. Cool. So I, I like Mike over at Imperial Tropicals. I, I really think he's a guy that's trying to do this right. Um, I think he's kind of like a a hobbyist at heart and approaches the industry that way. So that's a good choice. I think Mike does a good job. Now I've never bought from Mike, but he's transparent. Um, he shows you what's going on. His reviews are good. Everyone I know that's worked with Mike really likes Imperial Tropicals. So I think that's a good choice. Melissa Foster, sponge filter only. Okay, cool. All right. I think we got through Melissa Foster's issue. Hope it's helpful and hope they do well for you. They're beautiful. Once they settle in and and start coloring up, it's hard to go wrong with a big school of chili raspberries. They're great. Just uh, they can be real sketchy at the beginning. CBFR Aquatics. A vial of San Fran brine eggs left in the garage for a few years. Still good? Hatch rate? Could be. As long as they didn't get moist, if they're dry and they never had a moisture issue during that time, give it a try. They're probably still good. So 
I don't know if you've ever been out there, but I've been to the Great Salt Lake and I've been to the Salt Flats around San Francisco, as they still exist anyway. Um, and these are not friendly environments. So Great Salt Lake, it's the, the eggs wash up on the shore and then the shore gets super cold, freezing, freezing in the winter. Summertime, it's hot. That's desert, man. That sun is beaten down. So they can take wide, wide temperature swings. Um, the thing that kills them is moisture. So give it a try, though. It couldn't hurt. They hatch or they don't. But there's no danger if they do hatch. There's no danger of like, oh, that's old baby brine shrimp. If they hatch, you can feed them. Yeah, I can't think of a situation where that would be wrong. Leanne K, what can I do for my tetras with white puffy lips and white areas on their sides, fungal, bacterial? So um, the caveat that I'm not a veterinarian and I'm totally unqualified to talk about this. Now let me talk about it. Um, so <laughs> uh, that's the last of the water. Hopefully that takes us to the end. Fungal, bacterial, viral, parasite, a lot of them present similarly. So it's impossible from a description to know. It's impossible from a picture or video to know, and it's often impossible even when you're there in person to know. Um, even a veterinarian often doesn't know. They have to run cultures and do tests to identify um, what the actual pathogen is. Because what you're seeing often is not the pathogen itself, it's the body's reaction to damage. Um, it's the body's reaction to a problem. And that can present similarly, depending on, you know, different things can cause problems and you see a similar presentation. So I don't know which it is, but what I will say, I'll give you my go-to on how I would approach that. And this is not for everybody, but this is the method that has worked for me the most over the years. Hospital tank, bear tank, air stone. No filtration in there, just an air stone, okay? Um, new tank, new water. <laughs> so put in water. I mean, you can put water in from a tank in there, but what I'm saying is this is not a bioactive system, okay? It's fresh, clean water. It's been gassed off. It's stabilized, all that. That's the tank you put them in, Okay. Then I would add five grams of salt per liter to that tank. Then I would treat with canamycin and nitrofurazone together at the same time. And I would see how they did. A lot of times, if it's bacterial, the most common bacterial, the, the most common bacteria related illnesses that we have are columnaris and aeromonas bacteria infections. And those are the most common ones. So I start there. I don't know if that's what it is. I haven't, I don't have a lab, right? I can't run a culture and see what it is exactly, but, um, or identify it. But I try that because that's the most likely culprit from what I understand in my limited knowledge. If it works, if after a few days they're getting better, great, I stick with it. Um, if it doesn't work, then maybe it's try, time to try something else. Maybe. It's time to try uh, like an antibacterial, like an ICX that can help with external bacteria. Um, maybe it's a parasite that is taken over and then bacteria infected on top of the parasite damage. There's all kinds of things. So 
that's how I would approach that. I'd start there and branch out from there. Um, it's probably not as good of an answer as you wanted, but it's the best I can do. And Leanne, I hope it gets better. That's never fun. Um, something else I should say. So from your description, it sounds to me like you kind of want to treat it with the big guns in order to have any luck. But white puffy lips, white areas on the sides, that sounds like a pretty advanced thing. If though, if you have a little problem and it's and the fish can still eat and stuff and it isn't far advanced, then I wouldn't go that extreme. I would probably be like, I can't tell what this is. Let me try some external parasite medicine because I can do that in the fish's tank. I don't have to create a new hospital tank. Um, that's not going to damage the, the biological system or anything. So I'd, tr- I'd start there because it's like, it's not, it's not real bad. Um, this might help and it won't create all these other complications. And if it works, great. If not, then maybe you try something else. That works great. If not, maybe you get to the point where you move it to a hospital tank. The reason I went straight to hospital tank in your case, and I want to be clear on this, is just because that feels to me like, from your description, like a pretty advanced thing. Um, so I go straight to the big guns. And it might not work. Um, there's, you know, we try our best, but this is a part of our hobby and our industry that is done very poorly. There's just not enough medical expertise out there um, for us to do a good job at that. I guess the simplest answer I should have given you at the beginning is if you have an aquatic veterinarian near you, you know, the safest thing would be to start there. But I just assume you don't because most of us don't. Okay. We are at 821. I think it's time. And then we'll get to Swampy Anchor <laughs> Anchors. <laughs> Swampy Acres Homestead's question. I think it's time to do a giveaway. Excuse me. So. We're giving away six, not four, but six hobbyist bread and raised Celebes rainbows, bred and raised by Swamp Thing, uh, a true rainbow fish uh, connoisseur, if you will, knows his stuff. And so it's a great place to get rainbow fish from. The winner is Alexandria Rodriguez. Alexandria, you have won six Celebes rainbow fish bred and raised by Swamp Thing about an inch in size. For those that missed it earlier, this is one of the actual fish. It's a juvenile, but here's its parents. So here's the male on the bottom, female up top. I love the spinach. It's, look at this little, <laughs> this little fin is sticking it up as high as he can there. <laughs> but these back fins, you know, that makes up for it. Same thing. So those are the parents. And this is one of the actual uh, juveniles. And I wasn't sharing that. Here's one of the actual juveniles. Here are the parents and another shot of the parents. There you go. I can't believe I wasn't sharing that. Well, I can believe it. It's me. Of course, (laughs) of course I can believe it. All right. Alexandria Rodriguez, you have won. Awesome. Would you send me your first and last name and mailing address and I'll send that on over to Swamp Thing and we will get you uh, and you and Swamp Thing will figure out you know when shipping is and all that Uh, real quick I know we're almost to the end but my throat is bothering me so I'm going to get a quick drink I'll be right back
I could make it through, but not quite. Okay, in seven minutes, I'm going to get to as soon, to as many of these as I can. Let me scroll back up to where it jumped from. Okay, getting there. Okay, here we are. Swampy Acres Homestead, I found 120 and 230 today. What should I pay for them they're used? Oh, that so many variables. Uh, you'll have to come to that. Like, is it a brand new pristine aquarium? I, th I think you're saying you found a 120 gallon and a 230 gallon today. Depends on the condition. Um, lots and lots of variables. There's tanks uh, that I've paid quite a bit for, and there's others that I've been like, yeah, I know you're asking 50 bucks for that, but I'll give you a dollar because it's all scratched up and stuff. So totally depends. I'm sorry I can't give you a real answer on that. And honestly, I'd have to look them up. I haven't bought tanks like that for a long time, so I don't even remember right now what they're going for new. So it'd be hard for me to to give you a uh, accurate price. But that wasn't, I, I didn't say that meaning to just try to cop out. I, I literally mean you kind of, it's like buying a car, like certain cars, like same model, same make and everything, one in good condition, one kind of beat up, big, big price difference, right? Melissa Foster, five tanks and trying to decide. Well, good luck and I hope they do well for you, those chili rasboras. Wait, did we get the bottom? Holy cow, we did it. Legitimately, we did it again. All right. We need to add a number to this. On 3-17-2021, I reached the bottom of the chat. Well, I think we'll cut it there then. We've done the giveaway. We've reached the bottom. It's a couple minutes earlier than usual, but one thing I don't like doing is trying to force a, a live stream to go longer than its natural duration. And I feel like once you reach the bottom of the chat and there's uh, no more questions or comments, you've probably reached the end of its natural duration. So let's do it. Thanks for being here, everybody. I wanna thank my mods for all they do every week. Appreciate you guys sincerely. Um, everyone that left a super chat, thanks so much. Always appreciated. It's never required. I try to get to everybody, super chat or no, but you know, it's a new business. Um, we're trying to grow it. And so every little bit helps a lot. I really appreciate the super chats. Everyone, I'm sorry, it's been a long day. I'm very tired. I can't even say everyone. Everyone who left a comment or a question, thanks for participating. Folks that were helping each other out in the chat that I didn't even see because I wasn't looking at that stuff. Um, thanks for being part of the community. I love this community. I really appreciate all of you guys for being part of it. Everyone lurking, hail the lurker nation. I'm with you. Everyone watching on the replay, I hope one day you can be with us live, but I get it. Life is busy. Um, with that, I'm going to sign off. I'll be here again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I hope you have a good one.